Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Is this mic okay over here? Should I pull it this way? Uh, pull it towards you, I think. Okay. Can you hear me now? Well, as Father Henry said, today is Reformation Sunday, um, and one of my favorite days of the church year. Uh, we celebrate this day. At October 31st is actually Reformation Day, and um, on October 31st, 1517, a relatively obscure, unknown, simple monk of the Augustinian order in Germany, um, in Wittenberg, Germany, named Martin Luther, began a movement that was to change the Christian world forever. And, uh, and it wasn't just Martin. It was a, a long line of witnesses also behind him that, uh, that stood up for the truth of the gospel, that scripture alone is the basis for all truth for Christians. Scripture alone. Many of those men who stood up for the truth of the scripture at a time when it was difficult to do so uh, gave their lives for the truth of the gospel. And, uh, and so we remember them today. I wanna thank Debbie and the choir for singing that rather medieval sounding hymn at the beginning a mighty fortress is our God. Uh, that is a tip of the hat to Martin Luther because he wrote that hymn in 1529. He wrote that. That's why it sounds kind of medieval <laughs> because it was, but it's a great hymn. It's actually my favorite hymn of all time, that hymn. So, um, so grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, those were the watchwords, the cry of the Reformation. It's a message that hasn't changed since the beginning. And it's a message of our gospel passage today in the story of Zacchaeus. I remember first hearing the story of Zacchaeus back in the 1950s in Sunday school in Banketty, Texas, which is a little town of about 250, 300 people. Um, outside of Corpus Christi. And um, I heard it in Sunday school, we sang it, and I'm sure many of you did too, and you know how it goes, I'm not gonna sing, but uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And these were the motions that you kind of made him hop up and down like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, right? And, uh, and when I was little, I thought, Zacchaeus must have been really little because we made him this big, you know, when we sang the song. And that's kind of the picture I had in Zacchaeus in my mind back then. And uh, kids love the story of Zacchaeus. It's one of the all-time favorites in Sunday school. Um, they relate to it because it's about a little person like them. A little person who climbs a tree, right? Kids love tree climbing. And 
And then at the end of the story, he has a friend over to his house. And so it's a great story for kids, but it's not just for kids, it's for all of us. Because it's a story of a lost sinner and a seeking God, a seeking Lord who loved him. Uh, the story of Zacchaeus is a story of all of us. Jesus summed it up so beautifully as only Jesus can do. There at the end in, in verse 10 of uh, Luke 19, uh, it's, yep, verse 10, he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's the summary of the story of Zacchaeus. But it's also a summary of all the scripture, isn't it? I mean, that's basically what the scripture is about. The son of man coming to seek and save the lost. In the story, Zacchaeus has at least a couple of things working against him already. First of all, he was a tax collector. That was a problem. Um, a tax collector was a Jew who cheated other Jews out of their money for his own benefit. And then also it was for the benefit of the Roman government. And so the Jewish people really reviled the tax collectors and you can see why. The other thing he has going against him in the story, Zacchaeus, is, um, is that he was a short person in a big crowd of people. And that was a problem for him. Not that there's a problem with being short. That's not a sin. Um, but it's just a problem if you're trying to look over a crowd. Right? And I've, I've said earlier, it's like, it makes me think about it like in the golf tournaments you see on TV where all the crowds are up around the green and they're like maybe 10 people deep. And you see people trying to stand up and look over it and, uh, or have those periscope looking things that they look into so they can see over. Uh, Zacchaeus needed one of those that day. But that was before the age of periscope, so he climbed a tree. He climbed a tree so that he could get a glimpse. You see, Zacchaeus was a tree climber. He was a tree climber. Uh, I read this survey by the Barna Group. Maybe you've heard of them. They do surveys about Christian and religious things. Um, and this survey said that about 40% of Americans say that they believe in God, but only 20% say that their belief in God makes any difference in their daily life. Wow, that's kind of sad, right? 80% um, believe and 20% say their belief matters. What this tells me is that there are a lot of tree climbing Christians out there. Now I want to tell you what that means. Tree climbing Christians. Um, tree climbing Christians, they don't really want to get too close to Jesus. They don't really want a personal relationship with Jesus. They kind of want to keep Jesus at a distance. And so what they do they climb up to get a glimpse of him every once in a while, right? They climb up to get a glimpse, get a peek at Jesus. And then, so maybe they come to church once in a while and they come in and they look in at Jesus and then they go back. 
They don't get too close. Um, sometimes tree climbing Christians are, you know, you know them. Uh, sometimes they're Christmas and Easter people. Uh, but sometimes they're every Sunday people. They just come and get a glimpse and then they go back down. Um, my family were Christians and I was born in a Christian home, they might say. So it's like they're clinging to their family tree. <laughs> they climb up their family tree to claim their, their, their uh, relationship with Jesus. They don't want a relationship, really. They just want a glimpse. When I was young, I was like this. Uh, I went to church at times, and honestly, this is like later in high school and college, I really didn't go to church that much. So saying I went at times is kind of an exaggeration. Um, but I would go every once in a while, and so it was like I'd climb up there on Sunday, take a glimpse of Jesus, and then climb right back down and go back to what I considered my real life, right? So I had, i go get a glimpse of Jesus and then go back to my real life. Um, and uh, I thought that's what it meant to be a Christian. You know, you just go to church every once in a while, get a glimpse of Jesus, then go about your business. That's how I saw it. Um, I didn't see that like Zacchaeus, I had a bigger problem. Uh, my bigger problem was that uh, I, was, I didn't know that I was spiritually short. I was spiritually short. That was Zacchaeus' problem too. He was spiritually short. Uh, and I kind of hate to break the news to you, but I'm going to. You're all spiritually short too. You're all spiritually short, got a short problem. Uh, you might think that, well, okay, I might have a sin problem that makes me come up short, but at least I'm not as bad as some people, right? At least I'm not as bad as some people. I mean, think about it. You can always, if you're going to look at sin and spiritual shortness as a relative thing, you can always come up with somebody doing worse than you, right? You don't have to go that far um, unless you're like the biggest sinner of all time. I don't even know what that would mean. But, um, but the problem is that we don't measure our spiritual stature against one another. There's only one measure, one standard to measure your spiritual stature against. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why it says in Romans 3, verse 23, that's why Paul wrote these words, all have sinned and fall, what? Short. <laughs> all have sinned and fall short of the glory glory of God. You see, we're short. That's what he's saying there. We fall short of the glory of God. But then the good news comes right after that. In verse 24 and 25, he says, okay, you fall short of the glory of God, but you're justified freely by his grace as a gift 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a payment in full by his blood to be received by faith. That's the good news. Simply, it is that God knew we could never climb out of our own spiritual shortfall. He knew it was impossible. So he sent Jesus down to us to pay our sin debt to God. And when we receive him by faith, we're lifted up and placed on solid ground with God. You know, we're made full family members with God. We're made full heirs of Jesus Christ by faith in God. This is what the reformers during the Reformation made their stand on. We're saved by God through faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. That's where our salvation comes from. So he knows our shortness and he knew Zacchaeus' spiritual shortness too. So Jesus in his great mercy went to Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I'm going to your house today. And so he went to Zacchaeus' house. That's grace in action. Zacchaeus didn't deserve to have the Savior at his house. But God sent Jesus there out of grace, pure grace. He went there. Zacchaeus opened the door of his house and let Jesus in. And then he opened the door of his heart and received Jesus by faith. And we know that because at the end of the story... Jesus says, today, salvation has come to this house because the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. You know, brothers and sisters, we are all Zacchaeus. We're all Zacchaeus. We're spiritually short, and the same Jesus that went home with Zacchaeus and found a home in Zacchaeus' heart that day wants to find his home in your heart today. He wants to go home with you. He doesn't want you to just come get a peek of him here. He wants to go home with you in your heart. He wants you to open the door and receive him. Not just come here and get a glimpse and then go on as though he doesn't make any difference. You know, Jesus wants to go home with you. He's there today knocking at the door of your heart. He's knocking at the door and he says, open up. I want to come in and make my home with you just like I made it with Zacchaeus. I want to make my home with you. I want to be in you. I want to be with you always. So today, by faith, Will you open up and let him in? Open the door of your heart and receive your Savior so that he can be with you and be in you. And he can say to you today what he said to Zacchaeus. Today, salvation has come to this house. Would you bow and pray with me?
If you want to open the door of your heart today and ask Jesus to go home with you in your heart, pray this silently as I pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I fall short of your glory. Please forgive me. Please come into my heart today. Make your home in me. And let me find my home in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.